If you're looking to buying a new home or selling your home, please go see Legacy Realty Group Remax Vantage and speak to Valdir Baptista Korea, real estate agent at 508-441-1628. His email is Realtor at gmail.com. His motto is your perfect home is out there. I can help you find it. That's Valdir Korea at 508 441 1628. You can buy a home or you can sell the one you have. But see this guy. Like he says, your perfect home is out there. I can help you find it. Welcome to the Really Charlie Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Perry, and my guest is Nakia Gonzalez. I am so happy to have you on here. How are you doing? Um, I'm it's, good. Uh, I'm good. Good. I'm glad we connected last week. You know, we're able to set up this podcast and um and 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 just inform people what we're what you are about, you know, and uh I definitely, you. um, you, you, what you're, what you're involved in and what you organize is definitely something that's dear to my heart. Um, I have a bi-weekly program here on, on, uh, the really Charlie podcast where, uh, coach M 100, which is Marvin Speller. And we talk about mental health and it's, um, you know, tragically you had to form your organization, but you know what, all in all, it's, uh, we we got to keep the memory alive and and make sure that there's some 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 actually support some networking to to help out people that may be depressed and going through some men- mental health issues. Yes. So yes. <clears throat> all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna read your I'm gonna read your bio that you send me, and I, I really love okay. it. It's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> all right, so well. Who we have here is Nakia Gonzalez of Los Angeles, California, is a Cape Verdean. Originally from New Bedford, Massachusetts, Nakia is the daughter of Frank Parkey Grace of New Bedford and Kanina Gonzalez of Wayham, Mass. Nakia is a mother of two daughters, an event planner, uh, mental health and suicide prevention advocate, who is the founder of Never Be Solo. 
um, Never Be Solo was founded one month after her brother, Stefano Solo Gonzalez, died by suicide in 2013. Never Be Solo was created to stop the stigma behind mental health and suicide to bring awareness to those who are suffering from depression and mental illness and helping families cope from loss. Very, uh, you know, first and foremost, my deepest sympathies to your brother. And, um, uh, you know, at, at, you know, there were parts in my life where I thought about suicide and, um, you know, and, uh, it's, it's a dark place, very, very dark place. Um, and if you don't stop it as an individual on your own, nobody really is going to stop it because once you're determined, it happens and you're, it's going to happen. Um, very true. yeah, let me see. Um, you got a comment from Mike Samail. Good evening, Mike. How you doing? Constant supporter of the Really Charlie Hi, podcast. Mike. Mm-hmm. Yes, Mike is a good Hi. dude. <laughs> good so, to see um, you. <laughs> all right. So, Nikia, let me let me talk to you about you know forming your organization. Um, okay. The uh, you no know, after the tragedy um, with your with your brother, the um, no, you're dealing with stuff you're, you're on your own. You know, you're dealing with your own personal um, setbacks and and um, and and getting an organization off the off the ground takes a lot of energy, a lot of um, how do I want to say it? Um, you have to be upbeat. You have to show or, or show and prove that this is going to be worthwhile. You know, and, and and with you being the founder, you definitely have to have that energy. How do you have that energy after losing your brother? Well, it wasn't so much I, I didn't have energy. I didn't have any energy. I just had a ton of sadness. I had a ton of pain. And I just had so much information I needed to find out. I needed to know why. I needed to know how to stop this from happening and happening again. I needed to, I wanted the world to know that this happened and it can happen to anyone. If it could happen to our family, it could happen to anybody. Um, So I, me and my family, I just knew that his death wasn't just a death. Mm -hmm. We knew that his death meant more than him just taking his life and that was it. We buried him and went about our business. We knew there was a message behind that death. Um, So how this started was three nights after he passed away, I had a dream about five o'clock in the morning. I woke up from this dream. I was like in that in-between twilight type of sleep Mm -hmm. and something in there was like, never be solo. And I didn't, I knew my brother's name, his stage name was Solo. Mm -hmm. He was an entertainer, you know, and I knew Solo meant alone. Um, but I didn't really know what the, I knew never be solo meant you're never alone, but I didn't realize until like a month later into doing a lot of research that uh, research on mental health and suicide prevention. And when I started looking, I started seeing this message, you're not alone. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh my God. I was like, that's never be solo. You're not alone. And I started telling my family, like, 
I can't believe this, like never be solo came to me in this dream. And it's like actually part of the whole mental health suicide prevention movement. And that was like so shocking to me. I'm like, I got this message from a dream from my brother, you know? And um, so I knew that needed to be the forefront for our organization. Now, when I told my family, I told my friends, I told people that knew Stefano, no one liked the name because to them, they met, thought never be solo meant don't be Stefano. Yeah, um, yeah. Of course, I, I mean, it kind of does. You know, I don't want anyone to be like him. I don't want anyone to go through the pain and suffering and the darkness that he went through. But I also know that that message means you're not alone mm-hmm. because we are not alone in this world. Stefano was not alone in his life, but his illness made him feel this way. So, so true. Um, so, you know, when I think about the name that he chose for himself, Solo, uh, he chose that name because he was in the entertainment business. Mm-hmm. And um, he walked around, he made everybody call him Solo. Like, you were not going to get an answer if you called him Stefano anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and we called him Fano, you know, I always called him Fano, I'm his big sister, I wasn't falling for that. But when we went out, I would pay him the respect and call him Solo, or he wouldn't answer me. But um, I started thinking about that name, and I was like, wow, that really, when he passed away, I was like, that name, Solo, just signified what he was feeling and how, who he thought, what he thought. Mm-hmm. But Stefano was not alone. Stefano had, has a big family. He has me and my sister Giovanni, my mother, my brothers, my cousins, you know, he has his nieces and nephews, he has grandparents, he has so many people, friends that loved him, you know, and at his funeral, he had like 300 people there for him, he was only 25 years old. So I mean, and it was just, he was not alone. He was not alone. But when you have mental illness, you definitely feel that way. You feel like no one's there for you, no one loves you. Um, and that was something I wanted to break. I wanted to break that. I wanted people to realize like, you're not alone when you're dealing with this. You have to know that there's someone there. Even if you are a person that has no family, there is a person on this planet that will care for you. There's somebody there. Um, and that's just something I needed to start. So right away we started having events and we started doing potlucks. Mm-hmm. And we and I felt like if we bring people together, we would um, give people a platform and a space to sh- talk because we're talking about this. We're like we're there for him and about about what he did and the actions he took and you know the 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 ignorance we had behind all of this. We didn't want to have that ignorance anymore. I know I was very ignorant to all of the warning signs that he displayed mm-hmm. and all of the things that he did throughout the years. So I wanted to break that. I wanted to break that cycle. I wanted to break the stigma. I wanted to give people a place to talk. And I mean, immediately people started sharing their stories. Like it was so amazing. Like our first potluck, we had like 30, 40 people there. And some of our closest friends were like, Kia, oh my gosh, I think about killing myself. I think about dying. I think about this. I've been so depressed. And no one would have ever, ever said that a month prior. Mm-hmm. So I just knew that that was something we needed to do. Like the more the more we talk about it, the more we opened a space, the more we made people feel comfortable about mental health and suicide. That's how you break stigmas. That's how you break cycles. That's how you make people feel comfortable. 
Like no one's scared to talk about cancer. Yeah. You know? So I wanted to make sure that no one would be afraid to talk about their mental health status because it's nothing to be ashamed of. No, it isn't. And, and, and we got to remember that sometimes people uh, are not aware of that. They're having some kind of form of mental health, mental illness. Um, and so as friends and family, we got to kind of recognize that and, um, yeah. and, and try to help them out. And like with the, with all the different things that you've seen, which with solo, um, you know, that's a conversation that you should have with close people around you, you know, family, friends, because what you indicated or what you've seen and all the perceptions you had that you say, wow, that's why that's, you know, you should, someone may not out, someone may not be able to see that like you do. So you mm-hmm. kind of talk about it and you have a conversation and say, this is what was going on. He was doing this, or, you mm-hmm. know, or, or and, and that's a teaching moment, even though it, it, you know, it's a teaching moment just to have that discussion in your potlucks, you know, the different events, those were teaching moments because, you know, you had a conversation and conversation yeah, we, is so, so key. Yeah. You have to talk about these things because, you know, when you start talking, you start educating yourself and then people start to like understand and then they start to research themselves. So if you educate yourself about this stuff, you talk about it and you spread awareness. You know, when we started thinking about what we were going to do, my sister, my brother, my mother, we would sit down and have these conversations and we would think about how we were going to brand ourselves and how we were going to make this organization. And I knew I needed to make this organization very comfortable. I wanted it to be something that everyone would look at and say, you know what? I love that. I love how that looks. I love the way, you know, that makes me feel. I love the way it makes me think. So I sat with my sister for many days and was like, how is our logo going to look? And she gave ideas and I was like, no, 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 no. I need our logo to look something like Run DMC's logo. That mm-hmm. logo that everyone is wearing and still in 2022. You know, I want our logo to go on forever because I want it to be comfortable. I want it to be relatable. I want it to open doors. I yeah. want this. No one knows that Never Be Solo means I have a mental health and uh, suicide prevention foundation. All, mm-hmm. all they see is this color and this cool box in these words and they I mean they're like never be solo grown adult men in their 60s have come up to me and say hey is that a dating site what's never be solo and I'm like like, oh my god I'm like no I was like yeah that's funny but you know I start to talk I get to talk about it I get to talk about my organization and I say hey it's a mental health suicide prevention foundation and what does that do boom the person's like my brother died by suicide my cousin died by suicide my best friend so I'm starting conversations without having to be so scary. Like if I had a hat that's yeah. suicide, people would probably be scared, but I don't want to mm-hmm. scare people. I want it to be comfortable. I want it to be cool. I want it to be like, you know what? I'm so cool. I'm taking care of myself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I just, that's what my whole vision for this was because my brother was a very cool man. You know, he was very relatable. He was very open. He was the life of the party. He always wanted to have fun you know even though in the background he wasn't always having fun but the forefront Mm -hmm. that's what he was about he was about family friends parties music um his like again his family his nieces and his nephews he was about 
just having a good life for the most part. But, but, you know, when he started to have his downsides, you know, moments that that wasn't always there, but Mm -hmm. I just feel like he never had a place to feel comfortable to talk about what he was going through because eight years ago, suicide prevention wasn't really around, you know, um, there was nothing the way it is today. You know, everyone's talking about mental health now. Everyone has a platform. When I started looking into nonprofits and where to go, there was not, there was like one black organization that had a nonprofit back in 2013. Um, There were some really big ones like the American Foundation and Suicide Prevention. Um, There's Dee Dee Hirsch, which is the first suicide prevention hotline in Los Angeles or California. There were some very big ones, but you don't look for those things until you need them, you know? And yeah. and that's something else I hated. I hated that I had to find this out after my brother died because then it's too late, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that was something that was very heartbroken, breaking for me, that there was not that awareness around and no one was talking about it. And I just felt, even for myself, like I went to therapy for a lot of years, but I never thought I wasn't suicidal mm-hmm. and I wasn't, I did have depression and things, but I just didn't understand. Even though I spent like three years in therapy for three straight years, I was going every week, every two weeks. Yep. And I still didn't get it. I didn't get it because I never felt like killing myself. But um, when I started doing all this work, I was just like, man, you know what? Like, this is just ridiculous that my brother couldn't find the help he needed. So now it's great because we're in 2022. And you can drive around and you see a mental health billboard somewhere. You can mm-hmm. open your magazine, you go on social media. Every time I scroll, there's like something about mental health. There's all these websites. There's, you know, so much information. Commercials on TV. It just, it just, it's nonstop, you know. It's nonstop. Um, there's- as you're looking on social media, there's uh, everything on to the right or left it was is an advertisement for it. So um (laughs) it's it's what it what i like what i I truly like about now is that as much as people want to label social media as a negative when it comes to issues like this it's a it's a positive and it reaches millions of people millions you know i mean we don't we're not the biggest organization in the world I lost you. It might be muted. Um, hold on. I turned everything off my phone. My phone, my okay. <laughs> so sorry. I hear you now. <laughs> good, good. So sorry. Yeah, you know, I there's everything. There's like you said, like there's just so much. Inf- oh, there's just a lot of information there for people to have. But I think what's going on is that people are just not ready. You know, um, it's like when you're there's a drug addict. You know, no one's going to stop using drugs until they're done, until they really, really want to stop. You can tell someone, look at all this information. You know, like mm-hmm. look at it. You know, but unless they recognize what's going on, you know? And that's why I feel like it's very important that people learn this when they're younger, because people, if you're 20 years old and you've been living like this your whole life, you just feel like it's normal to be depressed. You know, you your whole life has been saddened, you know? So you don't know how to see any different because you've been dealing with this your 20 years of life. So mm-hmm. it's very important that we start educating our children 
when they're young, when they're five, when they're, you know, whenever they're able to communicate, like understand what they're going through and how to be aware and how to figure out how to learn how to, like, if they're having, like the toddlers have a tantrums mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you teach your children how like, if you feel like you're going to have a tantrum let's calm down take a deep breath we need to really start doing that and continue to do that as we grow and uh, so kids know what they're going through you know we've had what, an event i'm sorry go ahead um what type of outreach do you do you know so know. we go into schools we have events we um do podcasts like this we do we have our social media um so those are the things that we do. We like, we definitely just get out there and we speak about it. I do pop-ups. We just get out there as much as we can and we just talk about it. And that's something that we push. You know, if you educate yourself, you can talk about it to save a life. And that life most likely will be your own because you have to remember to love yourself first. So if you true. don't love yourself first, you can't love anybody else. And I don't get that because I'm a genius. I actually got that because my brother, (laughs) (laughs) my brother left that message in his last note that my family found in his home. And um, he put that in there. I don't remember the whole dialogue of the letter, but I remember that part specifically. And we put that on his gravesite because that message was eight years ago. It was like groundbreaking. And -hmm. it was remember to love yourself first. And I was just like, damn. Yeah. Yeah, we have to do that because if we don't, then you can't you can't heal, you can't grow, you can't do anything. You know, wow. you can't love someone else fully if you don't love you. Did he have children? He did Brother? not. Okay. No, he didn't. He was only twenty five uh, and but he loved, 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 loved his nieces and nephews. Um he was a great uncle. He was a great brother. Even though I, I you know, me and my brother used to fight a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a lot of anger. And I'm the oldest sister, you know. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. you haven't been through enough. Like, you haven't been through nothing. No, shut up. <laughs> like, you know, so I just, <laughs> you know, and I was very ignorant back in those days. I'm like, you know, I had a big, because we grew up, we had some stuff happen in our lives. I'm like, you know what? You have to get a job. You need to stop doing this. You need to do this. If you do that, blah, 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 blah. These things will work out for your life. But mm-hmm. ultimately, everyone knows how life's supposed to work. You know what I mean? That's not what he needed. He needed help. He needed to see a doctor. He needed yeah. to get intense therapy. He needed um, love. He just needed understanding. He didn't need me telling him what the hell to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, it's... At, at some point, at some some point in his life or his age, um, he doesn't want to listen to Big Sister anymore. You know, no, because he was a man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's a, there's some point there's some point where he says, "I ain't listening to you no more. Yeah, I got no. this. I got this." Yeah. Regardless yeah. of how priceless your advice would would be for him, yeah, it, uh, he yeah. just wasn't going to listen. Um, yeah. But um, the uh, when you know we just started, you know our biweekly um show on this program, and the one thing that I know that's going to be difficult is getting someone on to tell their story. Um, and and so that's one of the things that we're going to try to do is have it 
be so open so people can tell their story so the next person can learn from their experiences mm-hmm. or learn that or learn that you know what guess what i gotta get some help just like he or she did you know so um you know there's a few people that may come on and, and talk to us you know so i i, I could imagine well let, let me my experience is if you have a one-on-one and someone wants to talk to you mm-hmm. that's the that's the that's the greatest thing you can do that's the best um that's the biggest obstacle you have to get over you know because if you can talk to someone but they might not respond they may not talk back to you but when you're having a conversation that's the biggest obstacle because now they're verbalizing and they're, they're telling their story and now you can kind of help out a little bit you know and and i stress that you know when you're speaking to someone that's going through some some mental health issues you know they they're they want your confidence they want to be confident in you that they're telling your their story to you so what you should do is keep that in confidence and until they say all right you know help me out you know I mean, Um, definitely, you don't want to spread someone's life story for them because it's not your life or your story. mm -hmm. But I mean, I think it makes it more traumatic. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times when people are ready to talk, they will talk, you know, because they've moved forward. You know, they got the help they needed. Um, They are ready to tell their experience. But when people are in the moment, it's kind of hard, you know, because they're just like still dealing. They're still healing. They don't even know where they are at that point, you know? Um, but one thing I do, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Nope, I'll I'll get back to it. No, I was just like, the one thing that I always know is that, you know, giving people a a platform, giving that, letting people know that you're a safe space is the most important thing to do. You know, like you just have to let them know they can trust you, you know? If people can trust, then they're definitely going to be able to um, open up and just be there for you. You know, they're, they're gonna they're gonna open up, they're gonna talk to you, they're gonna tell you. And it's okay to ask hard questions. Uh, my mom and I took a program called ASSIST. So we're trained in uh, suicide intervention. And the biggest misconception that we learned about is that if you ask someone if they're gonna kill themselves, that they're actually like, oh yeah, you know what? I'm gonna start doing that, I'm gonna kill myself now. That mm-hmm. is the farthest from the truth. No one is gonna kill themselves. Like, if you ask me that, I'm not going to go kill myself just because you said that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Most yep. of what's going to happen is, is that you're, the person is probably going to be not, not going to tell you or they'll say, you know what? Yeah. And that's because they've been thinking about it or maybe they've been doing it. Maybe they're self-harming themselves already. Um, and they'll talk about it. So it's very hard mm-hmm. to ask these questions because somebody, nobody really wants to hear this. It's scary to get that information. You know, you don't want to hear your loved one telling you, I want to kill myself. Exactly. So I understand how hard that is. And I know why people don't like asking those questions, but it is the most important question to ask because that way I, you can be there. How do you, how do you have those one-on-one conversations? Do you have a space that you do it in an office or do you try to go to that person's um, comfort zone, whether it's their home, whether it's a park? Does it matter? Does it matter where no, you're going to have that one on one? I mean, if someone called me today, 
And I believe me, people call me every single day because I have this foundation and people think I'm the suicide guru. <laughs> you know, like I, I'm not, you know, I'm not a guru. I'm not a doctor. I don't have a PhD in this, but what I do have is an experience and I am the expert in my experience and the research that I have found. So don't take that away from me. I know what I've done wrong. I know what I would do going forward. Um, so what I do is just allow people to contact me and I give them the advice that I would do if it was my own family or my own friend or whatever. So recently a friend called and said, um, my friend's suicidal. Mm -hmm. And my first question is like, are they on medication? You know, what's going on? Ask the questions, talk, talk about it. Because sometimes people are suicidal because they're not healthy. Not because, you know, they're taking medications that are making their mood go nuts. They're um, just not healthy. You know, your body is like your temple, right? So um, when you're sick with disease, that can affect your mental state, it affects your brain. So a lot of these things come from all sorts of things. And sometimes it's just solely your mental state. Sometimes it's just solely your depression. You know, so just a lot of things that you have, you just have to talk and figure out what these things are and let, your, that, let that person know that you're there for them no matter what. Exactly. And then have um, those resources in your community where you can send, like there's a number, the National Hotline of Suicide Prevention. I wear this bracelet on my wrist mm -hmm. every single day and I have the phone number on here. And this is a number that I want everyone to write down right now. It is 1-800-273-TALK. 1-800-273-TALK. That's the National Hotline for Suicide Prevention. And that number is just as important as 911 when you're dealing with a person that's suicidal. You need that number because there's someone there that can help you. Nakia, can you put that number again or uh, repeat that number again? 1 800. Yeah, 1 273 talk. T A L K. I got it. I got it. Yeah, and I wear this every single day because, you know, I'm getting older in my mind. I forget the number sometimes. <laughs> But I have it stored in my phone and I have it on my wrist and I just definitely, I've had people say, what are those bracelets? You know, I, because I just like to, I like to do like, you know, share information. I like to support people. I, I mean, just today I was in the hospital because you know, as you know, my daughter had COVID, has COVID. Unfortunately, my seven-year-old ended up in the ICU yesterday. And um, we spent 24 hours there and it was a very, very scary, scary, scary time. Um, but I went to get her breakfast this morning and I had this hat on. Yep. And a lady that went, made my breakfast burrito was like, oh my God, what is that? And then I started talking to her about it, you know? And it just, never be solo is so cool because like I said, it doesn't talk about, it's not mental health, it's not like stop suicide, it just, it's a brand and it means that and people want to know and when i said that she's like oh i'm gonna follow you i need it. i would love to follow you and i want to see what's going on and i and i love that you know so nice. and I'm, I'm like i'm spreading awareness without this scary tactic because people don't like that word mental health because when you say mm -hmm. mental they kind of say like, you're mentally sick you know now my mind's crazy and that's not true you know mental is your mind so i wanted to change the way that looked for the world and for people because mental health should be a very safe topic so true um your cousins on the comment there uh michael consatios told me to give 
he's out there um Hi, the uh but this um comment from mike Samayo says um with everyone experience periods of isolation over the last two years creating creating those um touch points with those you care about is certainly paramount and, and yeah. so true yeah definitely <clears throat> The, uh... the isolation for the last two years has been very hard. I mean, it was hard for us. We, um, we, it was hard for me. Like I didn't even go on my Facebook page for, I mean, I never be so page for weeks. Um, it was just like, I didn't even know what to do. Like when the first couple of months of COVID, it was very sad for everybody. Um, but the cool thing about it was that we have these kind of this technology, you know, we could zoom people, mm -hmm. um, it slowed things down. Um, it was able, we were able to connect in a different way. So it created a different um, idea of life. I think, I think, I think it opened, <coughs> you know, Excuse me. you know, when, you know, that term woke, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I became very woke. <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly. what I loved about the COVID experience until last night, you know, we were, we've been COVID safe until the last 24 hours. But, you know, um, COVID was able, the whole experience with the quarantine, I became very woke. I was able to, you know, really learn about myself and mental health as a whole because everyone was just in a dark space. I mean, no one can escape this. You know, no, no one is exempt from mental health illness, you know, and depression and whatever other categories you could fall in. No, no one. It can happen to anyone. So it's just like, everyone needs to understand that and um, just be open to it. You know, like if you talk about it, like I'm gonna say again, you educate yourself more about this, you talk about it, you definitely will save a life. You definitely so will. True. I mean, I, I literally have, I, I, like I said, I'm not a doctor, but I met so many people through our platform and mm -hmm. every, I haven't done anything, but listen to them and communicate and like, just let them know that I hear what they're saying. And people are like, you saved my life. And I'm not, and I'm so amazed by that because that just means that all they wanted was a person to listen, to know, exactly. like, let them be heard. And that's, the, um, that's important. Um, COVID has produced, well, sorry. The pandemic has produced this podcast. And that's one of the things that I'm so thankful for, you know, and, um, yeah, it was amazing. able to, I was able to, you know, create this and, 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 and when you kind of look at the 183 plus, uh, episodes that I had, um, they probably would have never happened if the pandemic didn't come or you know because i wouldn't have probably had this podcast i probably may have done something different um but the podcast probably wouldn't have came through you know so that's one thing yeah. i'm thankful for um i mean and, and and look as much as 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 many years we've known of each other you know this podcast exactly. has put us together you know and uh, and look what I we're know. talking Look what we're talking I know it's about. amazing. I know it's so beautiful. It's so amazing. You know, you probably knew my father better than I knew my father. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was like due to the circumstances of his life, 
Yep. And, you know, what happened and him being in prison all those years and us, you know, my mom and I relocating to California, you know, it took me away from Massachusetts where my family is from. So, you know, when my dad was released from prison, like freed, finally, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't get I didn't get to really know him the way I should. So it's so yeah. amazing when I get to meet like everyone and you know, learn, I, I learned, I learned, I mean, he, when we did get to see each other again and, you know, got to be together, he did teach me a lot about himself and we talked a lot, but I was 21. I was trying to party. I wasn't mm. trying to hear about yeah. the Black Panther no. party. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I get to hear that through people like you, you know, I get to yeah. get so much information. It's beautiful. There's, yeah, there's so much, there's still some untold stories, you know, when it comes to him. Um, and, uh, you know, and and they'll come out eventually. Um, but you know, he's he's got a legacy. We got to restore it as positive yes. as we can. Um, and any anybody that's bringing some negative to it, you know, let them say what they have to. But it's never going to hurt his legacy amongst us, amongst his oh, community, never. amongst the people that uh, that benefit benefited through you know, the tribulations that he went through, you know, he, he, he went through a lot and guess what? At some point in time, at many points in time, there was some unification, you know, people getting unified based on him being put away. So, and, and that was good. The, uh, I, um, I know I, I usually ask my guests this question and who would you like to see on the really Charlie podcast? Wow. Um, you know, Mikey Montero, have you had him on here? Yep. He was on, he was on. Oh, I missed that one. I love him. He's real cool. And I love what he's doing out there with his new he's studio. Doing great things. Great, great. Oh things. my God. Great things. Um, I know you had my sister Dana Rivera on here at one point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so that was really cool. She's uh, due. If, uh, yeah. She's due up here again. She's gonna. We talked uh, last week, and uh, she's due again to come yeah. on the podcast. Um, and but with you know with Mikey, I mean, he he's provided a facility, a venue mm-hmm. where you know we get to play WMB one radio. Awesome. Um, at twenty four hours, seven days out of the week. You know, and and the musicians and the artists that are going in there, it's 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 just a, a a great place to have right here in the city. You know, and I think it's it's well. Let me say, every week it's something different. Every yeah. week there's some kind of progress. So that's the kind of that's the people I want to be around. And Definitely. between. Between Mikey and everyone in that building, they're progressing every single week. There's something they're doing. And uh, that's that's what I love about it. Yeah, uh, you know, see. also a cool thing would be to have someone from the school boards on here because the school board uh, should be talking to the community. And, you know, like if you're dealing with the school boards and you're doing a mental health thing, those are the things that get my met that message of mental health into that early pocket of life where the kids are you know the kids that are in elementary school now fifth graders sixth graders seventh graders those are the people that need to be targeted because 
they're young and impressionable now. You can still talk to them. You can still get these messages and before they're, you know, already deep into their own minds. Um, oh, so yo, your, um, my cousin, yes. Your cousin's coming on here. He's, he's doing All right. He'll All right. be on That's in amazing. two weeks. We have, yes. uh, we also have, um, you can have my whole family on there. You can have my, maybe my sister Giovanni Fortes. She's, um, hmm. uh, Richard Lewis from the NBA. Yep. Yep. Uh, wife. She's part of Never Be Solo, of course. And um, she's a very intelligent, smart event planner as well. We're kind of twins. We were just born seven years apart. <laughs> but, you know, she's amazing. She's an amazing mom and advocate. And uh, uh, she's a, a philanthropist. Uh, she's actually an athlete herself. So she's a wonderful very nice. woman to have on. I will. I'll, I, I definitely can reach out to her, you know. And yeah. if I need your help, I'll reach out to you and say I need your help. Oh, yeah. So I can make this connect and make this and create another podcast. Um, awesome. So I'm going to do that. Uh, this Michael uh, Sumeo has a comment. He says access to assistance has grown from better help counseling. Mm -hmm. um, it says talk space and was it telehealth, telehealth for those who are asking for assistance through portals. And and it's so true. There's um yeah, and ever since we we brought up the subject to come on to the podcast, I've been seeing and running into so many different ways um, to connect with people, and uh, whether it's person, places, or things. There's so many things out there now, and it's only because now it's it's come front and center with me. It's come. It's it's now. It's a topic that I have to talk about every two weeks. I wouldn't mind talking about it on a daily basis, you know, um, but I am doing it every two weeks. Um, That's great. And, uh, you know, Mike mentions those portals, and uh, I did see quite a bit. Um, and believe it or not, there's some great podcasts out there, which I'm going to share um, once I get them all together, and I'm going to share them on my page. Um, there's a lot of podcasts out there that talks about suicide and and mental health, and which yeah, is good. And everyone should know that you know there's services all over all communities. You know, if you just Google services, I mean, I'm not familiar with all the mental health services in the Massachusetts area or in every nation, but I mm -hmm. know that there are a lot of free resources for people. I know that our insurance covers mental health services so if everyone just look on the back of your card your insurance card there will be a phone number there and it will say mental health and you could call that number and they will give you a listing for the uh, therapist in your area you know and um mental health could be from even your therapist uh, not a, only a therapist but like if it, you it just depends on how you want to handle it Mm -hmm. But I mean, mental health support is there. A lot of people, I've talked to people and they're like, oh, I didn't know my my insurance covered that. And I'm like, it's your health, health, <laughs> mental health. <laughs> you know, yep. that's part of your health. Everything is all together. You know, your brain, your heart, your lungs, your arms, your limbs, it's all your mental health. It's a health. So um, awesome. it's very important that people know where to look for that, you know, information and how to get that help. I, um, I hope that um, 
you know, you, well, let me put it like this. You need anything to be shared, to be broadcasted, to anything. You just contact me and we could do a flash podcast, you know, unexpected. You know, it's, uh, you know, but you need to get something out there, Thank you me. know, and, and you feel that this will help you out. You know, you just let me know. Anytime oh, after anytime after six o'clock on Monday through Friday, I'm usually available other than Tuesday, you know, where I'm at this radio station. But please, you know, let me know and and we'll get you on whatever message that you want to del- deliver. Um, That's great. You know, I do want to talk about some more. Uh, we have a few more minutes. I just wanted to yeah, talk about ahead. some of the warnings, the warning signs of suicide, just so people are familiar with these things. Um, it's something that I keep all over my house. Um, yep. I have little cards. So I can show you one of them here. And they're posted on our social media. They're kind of, I like it. Can't really break it down, but it's a little card, and it has the warning signs of suicide. And these things are something that you need to know. It's just like when, you know, when people have... Um, signs for what well, women have these little cards in their house for breast cancer they know how to test themselves and yep. like the exercises you should use and i know my mom has one hanging in her shower <laughs> you know like you want to <laughs> know these things so i felt like it was very important that we made these cards so people could have them in their wallet or in their purse or on their dresser or at their desk because mental health shouldn't only be in your doctor's office you know it should be broadcast everywhere um and I made these because I felt like if my brother would have saw one of these signs somewhere, that maybe he would have been like, you know what? I'm feeling this. I'm feeling some of these. Mm-hmm. And most of these uh, signs, these signs of suicide, he displayed. So I'll go through them um, so you guys can under- like see. So number one suicide warning is when someone want, that they want to die they want to kill themselves so people talk about it people mention this when my brother took his life so many people came to us and said you know what he told me he was going to do this oh yep so they didn't know what to do with that information you know um that my brother actually tried to he attempted suicide a few days before he actually took his life hmm. and his girlfriend at the time um, saved his life because when he was, he hung himself. So when he was hanging, he streamed for help. So right there lets me know that people don't really want to die. Yeah. Cause yep. he wanted help at that moment. He wasn't just like, okay, let me just die. He did not want that. He screamed for help. So people don't really want to die when they take their life. They're just in tons and tons of pain. And these actions make them do these really, really bad things to themselves, which ultimately will end up killing them. And, and wow. just know when people, a person can try to attempt suicide and not the first, no one attempts number one time, the first time and is successful. These things play on and on and on. You know what I mean? They So most likely when someone actually died, they've tried 20 times already. And they keep doing it, not because they're like, okay, no, it's not gonna work this week, it's gonna work next week. It's just because they feel better and they're like, I'm never gonna do that again. But when they mm-hmm. get in a dark place, they do it again. Yeah. If they don't get the get the help, so that was one thing is very important to know. Number two is like just looking for ways to kill themselves. So if you hear people saying, you know what, you know, if you see something on the computer, or if they said, you know, I thought about this, you know, they, the people are looking for ways. That's not normal. 
Mm-hmm. No one looks away. I mean, I don't, I've never looked for a way to kill myself. And I know a ton of people have not. So if someone's looking for a way, that means they're trying to die by suicide. Um, they talk about feeling hopeless and having no purpose. My brother, sorry, my dog, he is a neighbor. That's all right. Come here, boss. Part of the family, brother, right? It, you know, there's a kid. The kids are probably like, they're, they're talking crap out there probably. But, um, but, you know, he felt like he was hopeless and he had no purpose because he was in the music industry. And everybody knows the music industry is very, very hard. Yes, but it when is. you're dealing with depression, you don't know how to deal with those things. Um, he felt being trapped. He felt trapped because, you know, he wasn't financially where he wanted to be. He always talked about that. That was something I was like, you're 25 years old. You know, you don't have to <laughs> be a millionaire yet. You know, but yeah. social media kind of, st- you know, stigmatizes great lifestyles too. And he was in that time when social media was just starting and becoming really big. So, you know, you can really think like everyone has the greatest life, but you know, it's not really true. It's just a photograph, right? right. Um, he felt burdened to others because, you know, he wasn't again where he was at, where he wanted to be. And, you know, that money, that financial support was a trigger for him. And that's the thing, like suicide, uh, depression uh, is brought on by triggers. Like people that are have financial issues don't kill themselves all the time. It's just a trigger mm-hmm. when someone does and they're like, oh, they did it because they lost all their money. No, that yeah. triggered their action, you know, because there's a ton of broke people. You see all the homeless people out there in the world. None of them are killing themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because that's not a trigger for them. Right. Um, increasing alcohol and drug abuse. My brother did smoke, uh, smoke marijuana, but he did, wasn't an alcoholic, but he pretended to be one. He loved to drink. Like he didn't love to drink. He loved to pretend he was drinking. He never was a real big drunk. He never, mm-hmm. I never seen him drunk, but if you saw him at a party, he always had a bottle of champagne. He loved to be like the bartender. He wanted to be like pouring the shots. He loved mm-hmm. that type of thing, but he was never a uh, alcoholic he was more just a smoker and that did help him he did uh it did help him level out um he acted anxious and agitated and restless so someone that's acting like this these yep. signs their emotional signs sleeping too little or too much they you know insomnia those things are very big big signs for someone that you're dealing with this uh with being withdrawn withdrawing themselves and feeling isolated uh my brother did that because like when you're depressed, you feel like you're alone, right? Yeah. Never be so alone. Again, you're never alone. Even when you're in that darkest place, you are not alone. Find someone that you that you trust and reach out. Um, and showing rage and seeking revenge. My brother never sought revenge. He was a very, very kind, loving person, but he showed a lot of rage. He used to get very angry. He would get mad out of nowhere. Like we'd be having a great time and then if something didn't work out he would have a big 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 attitude and it would be ugly mm-hmm. um and again with the extremes and mood swings like i said like one minute he was happy half hour later we're in the car going off at each other um yep. and it was just sad because he just couldn't regulate there was something going on that he just couldn't control so um all of those things are the warning signs of suicide so if anybody is having any of these signs, it just means that you really need to take a hold of what's going on and look into it and talk to your doctor, talk to a therapist, talk to your family. Don't be ashamed. Put it out there. I have people contacting me because, you know, 
their daughters, their sisters, their cousins, whoever it is, you know, are saying these things. And then they get, they're able to get them to help, you know, they're able to hold their hand. And and a lot of people say, I don't want to, I don't want to baby them, but I'm like, you know what you do, you do need to baby these people because like if a person came to you and said, I have cancer, you're going to be like, oh my God, you're going to lay out a bed for them. You're going to make them Mm -hmm. comfortable. But why does suicide doesn't affect you that way in a way like, you know, you're not having surgeries to help yourself, but you're definitely um, hurting. It, you're hurting, you're in pain and you need to be coddled. You need to have that support. You need to be loved and heard. I agree. I really do. The um, When you have a chance, can you send me a... Uh, a copy, whether you take a picture of your, that card, yeah, um, and I'll I'll periodically share it on this page. I'll share it on the group page, um, just to be that eye catcher, like it's supposed to be, like the like the brand, the logo is supposed to be, it's supposed to catch your eye, you know. And that particular, those particular mm-hmm. um, message. Um, indicators i would like to have on display um especially definitely. on anything that i'm doing thank the, you um, yeah i definitely will send it all right well nakia i am uh i oh am i have very... one more thing one more thing i have one more thing before you go that's very important sure the number one thing that we are in, on top of the, the phone number the warning signs the way to break stigma is changing the message about someone dying by suicide no one is committing suicide no one it's like no one's committing a crime here people are dying by this disease so you die by suicide you don't commit suicide it's Mm -hmm. not something that they're committing they are dying by this this is the way someone is taking their life it's not a crime it's not something that they should have known better they don't know they don't know what they're doing you know what i mean so if we change the way we talk about suicide, then we can stop people by from t- by thinking about it in a different way. We need to make sure that people feel comfortable. You can't say this person committed suicide anymore. That language is gone. You know, Agreed. it's just like you just cannot talk about it like that because they're not committing anything. They're dying by this suicide disease. So that's something that people need to change the language, change it. It's, when you say these things. It makes people more comfortable. When you say commit, you make them feel like they're doing something wrong and they're not doing anything wrong. This disease is taking their life. I I totally agree. I love yeah. I love it. And I'm gonna change yeah. my wording also, you know, it starts with me. So I will do that. Yeah. Um, it takes everyone. It's not, you know, it's something that I learned eight years ago and I still hear therapists. I did a thing at my daughter's school not too long ago. And the therapist there was telling her students, people are committing suicide. And I had to stand up and I said, no, they're dying by suicide. And she might have gotten offended, but I needed to let her know that her wording was incorrect because that's not what's going on. They're not committing a crime. They're not committing anything. They're dying this way. Yep, I agree. Um, Well, we got uh, Marvin Speller saying hello, lovely people. Hello, Marvin. Yep. Got Debbie. Hey, Marvin. We get Deb Silver Gomes saying thank you, Charlie, and and well, she put Nikki, you know. Thank um, you, Deb. Thank you. <laughs> so, we uh, we I I want to say thank you for everyone, definitely tuning in and listening and learning 
from this great woman, Nakia oh, Gonzalez. Thank you. And uh, we will have her on again, no doubt. Yeah. And uh, I'd love to be here. Thank you so much. It was beautiful. All right. Well, you need me. I'm just a message away. Call Same me, here. whatever, whatever you got to do. Just reach out to me, and uh, all I can say Thank is you. yes or no. All right. All right. Same here. Thank you so much. Great job, and well wishes with the Thank family. You. All Thank right. you too. See you soon. Take, Take care. care. Bye bye. Bye. All right, everyone. Nakia Gonzalez. Sorry, Gonzalez. Um, and uh, she's doing great things. I'm going to continue to support her and her and her her organization as much as I can here on the Really Charlie podcast. All right, I'm going to sign off this podcast and we're going to go to another one. Um, I'll be right back on at eight o'clock with Dwayne the Rock, Ramus, part two, and uh, co-hosting with uh, Russell Ramus. So please continue to listen as we have another podcast coming on. All right. All right, everyone. Love you. Beautiful. Great, great comments. I really like it. I really appreciate it. Definitely. Uh, you know, it's good for me to see. It's good for the guests to see, and it's good for the audience to see. Ed Rogers, how you doing? He says good topic that needs to be addressed more and not kept in the closet. Oh, we agree. We agree, my man. All right. Love you, Eddie. All right, everyone. I'm signing off, but I'll be on in a few minutes with my next guest. Continue to support the Really Charlie podcast here on StreamYard, Facebook, Anchor, Spotify, and YouTube. Please subscribe to my channel. Um, and every new video, every new podcast, you will get notification of it just click on like and like i said subscribe on the bottom line it says join charlie perry and russell ramus on wmb1 radio on tuesday 6 p.m to 9 p.m and the website is www.wmb1radio.com put that link in your browser and you can listen to hip-hop to r&b music 24 7 and uh it's straight out of new bedford mass all right, everyone. Take care. It's the really Charlie podcast. Yeah, it's the really Charlie podcast. Yo, yo, it's the really Charlie podcast. Bumping through your broadcast. Grab a chair, fill your glass. Yeah, it's the really Charlie podcast. Yo, it's the really Charlie podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's the Really Charlie Podcast, bumping through your broadcast, grab a chance through your glass.